Hello and welcome to another episode of Majesty and we're joined by Her Royal Highness Kinsey Schofield in Los Angeles and... The only queen in this scenario is Christo Fufas and that's like an icon, an icon. And where Happy am I? Where am I? Oh, you're, you're right in front of Buckingham Palace, clearly. Uh I am in London, absolutely London calling. Coming up on today's Majesty, we'll be talking about Frogsit. Yes, Frogmore Cottage no longer being held by the Sussexes. Uh, the only way Sussex continues when, of course, we talk about Harry, who has been bleating on and on and on about more of his problems during this intimate interview where, well, he spoke about every single possible thing in his life, including how weed helped him. And thankfully, he's always felt different. Cor talking of bleating, coronation bleach. Yes, we will continue with the drama from the coronation. Who's in and who's out. And we'll talk about the Duchess of Porcupies. Yes, potentially Fergie not being completely honest when it comes to to some of the truth-telling around Meghan and Harry. So lots between now and the end of the show. Welcome to Majesty. We haven't talked in about a week. What was the craziest thing that... Well, I, there are so many stories, I don't even know where to begin here. Well, exactly, because I'm glad we've left it a little longer, and I, I quite like this, leaving it a bit longer, so we've got more uh, to talk about. But it, it started... I, I thought we are going to have enough to talk about with Frogsit. And this yeah. is, of course... Meghan and Harry being evicted from um, Frogmore Cottage, publicly evicted. It is like a reality show now. It yeah. is like one of the real housewives being told to leave their mansion in Beverly Hills. Now, uh, Charles has put his foot down and said, I want you out of Frogmore Cottage. Why? I mean, it's bad enough being evicted, but actually being evicted so that Prince Andrew can move in. Oh, my word. That is that is that is quite the low blow for them. Um but do we feel a bit sorry for them because they spent all the money on the refurb? Or do we just think, well, you never owned the place anyway and you chose to leave it, so screw the money? Well, I think that they could get a reimbursement for what they invested in Frogmore. But I wanted to ask you, I thought Frogsit was dumb. I thought it was like, that. I did not think that was a funny name. I understood what the Sun was doing because they were just re reclaiming Megxit. But was, Evic was Evictus like not available was there a copyright on it was it did they did, did they think that was too much of a low blow because evictus is pretty funny that is evictus games yes. evictus game would be perfect uh, I, I quite like frogs it, it gets it out there but i think evictus would be better uh you're quite right but so of here, course they here, have been here here are the alternative reasons for why they might have been kicked out we have yes. heard that it could be Based on it was a day after spare where King Charles uh, informed Harry and Meghan. Um, so people have said it's in regards to what was said about uh, the Queen Consort Camilla. <laughs> there is your Bible. Christo's got his spare Bible in his hand. My copy of spare, which I never, I never leave anywhere without it. As you well know, this is yes. this is my Bible for life. It's the best self help book ever. But you're quite right. So it was. It was actually, although the story only broke last week, it was actually um, back in January when Spare was released that that apparently they were given these eviction proceedings. So, so clearly a complete reaction 
to spare. But also, I'm wondering, well, actually, it, um, it, I think it was Lady C that said that she heard that this could have been a reaction to security concerns. Because, in, again, in Spare, Harry discusses killing 25 people in Afghanistan. He's kind of um, cold about the description. Uh, it riled up a certain base. I mean... Terrorists. Well, the Taliban. And, I mean, yeah, know, I mean, terrorists. It's a group of people that, who want to, don't want to annoy in the world. I mean, exactly. I've seen the and, and so there could the be. Top of that list. Exactly. And so there could be some security concerns about Harry and Meghan's presence on the Windsor estate, putting other members of the royal family in jeopardy as, you know, William and Catherine just moved their family there. So there are multiple um, things that are, there are multiple reasons for the eviction that, you know, are being discussed right now. I don't, I, but I think at the end of the day, financially, I understand it, but it's because, because Prince Andrew can't afford to keep Royal Lodge, but it, it's, it's not it, a good look. Imagine though, Imagine, I mean, you're sitting, you're sitting and you're listing the reasons why you don't want to be sat next to, next to Meghan and Harry at a party. And it could be because they could play an embassy. It could be because you'll be accused of racism. But they've just added the Taliban to the <laughs> list of why you wouldn't want to be sat near them. And for a couple so obsessed with victimhood, you know, oh, yeah, William made a bit of a joke about me and I, I feel that my feelings are hurt or, you know, oh, I'm, I'm worried that... The, uh, because the red carpet wasn't laid out for me, that there's terrible racism within the royal family. If you're quite obsessed with victimhood, perhaps potentially making yourself victims of the Taliban, quite a bad idea, I'd say. 100%. Not very well judged. And But I'm sorry, I don't think they should be given any money for the repairs. Because imagine I rented a property, right? Because the, the Cromwell Cottage isn't theirs. It's ours. It is. Right. It, it, it belongs to the state. So like Balmoral, which was... I think personally owned by the Queen. The Windsor, Windsor Castle and some of the others are, are owned by the state. Now, imagine I rented a property and I spent a load of money doing up that property and then I decided, actually, I'm going to go and live somewhere. I'm going to go and live in another country. Uh, at what point would my landlord be able to say, well, look, this place is empty. I'm evicting you from it. Right. And, but the fact that I'd spent a load of money on it, the landlord wouldn't be obliged to say, well, here you go, here's some money towards the repairs. It would be my own stupid fault for leaving myself in a situation where the landlord might evict me. We are the landlords. We are evicted them, victim them because we want, arguably, a man who is more popular to move in instead, a man who paid a sex accuser £12 million. Savage. Well, keep in mind, this was a gift from the Queen to Harry and Meghan with the understanding that their union was, you know, they were transitioning into a life of service together, representing the monarchy. They were no longer doing that. So I don't, you know, I do, I do understand. And I agree that that Frogmore Cottage should no longer be uh, their home because the people that are arguing it was a gift from the Queen, that was a gift from the Queen with the understanding that they weren't, weren't going to quit their jobs. <laughs> you Absolutely. Know? And, and, and and the gift was the right to live in it. The yeah. gift isn't, this is, here are the deeds. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. your home. It, the, the gift was, you have the right to live in this while you are carrying out your royal service. And so you're quite right. Th that, that gift can be withdrawn because it is not a gift of ownership. Well, I would like to know really quickly from you how... 
what are the odds that you think Harry and Meghan leaked this story for sympathy? Because they, they have been trashed in the press over the last few weeks between spare Todger talk um, and Sa the South Park episode. Do we think that Harry and Meghan, who very quickly responded to reports that, yes, we were evicted. Um, do you think that they leaked this story to try to garner some sympathy from the public because they were sick of getting kicked up and down the stairs over the last I don't, weeks? I don't. I love your cynicism and I love your suspicion. I don't think they did because I think it makes Charles look strong. And I think most of the British public supported. And I think that if you look at if they did but they don't they don't care about the british public they care about americans they're trying to lure americans they need americans to buy their book but, and do, their but do you think americans would sympathize with them for that oh, i'm sorry you've lost your free your, your free amazing house on the your ground glorified airbnb your you know your glorified <laughs> vacation home i mean um talking of which Kinsey, I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed with you actually kenzie i'm sorry i'm actually annoyed with you i'm angry with you uh -oh, why? Because we are, what are we now? Five or ten minutes in, and you've not inquired about. Oh, the I meant of my to do penis. that immediately. How's your todger? Why haven't you inquired about normal? I would expect you to ask about inquire about the health of my penis on a normal day. <laughs> to be quite quite honest, not when I have been applying Elizabeth Arden cream to it. In and you saw how much I applied when we last spoke, and, and that was nice. quite an amount, wasn't it? I saw all of the comments online. People are uh, people are quite curious. They are concerned too. So, what is the current status? The current uh, status of my penis is that it is in full health, full working order. Um, it, it was burning a little bit at the time. I don't. I don't actually recommend. It's now the tube of Elizabeth Arden is going very handy because it's brilliant for blemishes. Yeah. But I don't advise applying Elizabeth Arden to the penis. Um, once I gave it a wet wipe afterwards, though, it, it was fine. And I've had no problem since. But what I will also say is not a sign of frostbite either. So I don't know whether that's because of the application of Elizabeth Arden or not, but no frostbite on the penis. Well, curious so, timing. They've actually partnered um, this month with the Prince's Trust. So a portion of the proceeds for Elizabeth Arden sales are going to the Prince's Trust. I don't know if that's their way of saying like we pick this side. Or yeah. What? No, I I think I think I don't think you could get a better description of of the faith they had in Elizabeth Arden cream than than Prince's Trust in because <laughs> you'd have to if you're going to put it on your cock, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my so god. That, that's what they say. What an endorsement. We've got a royal seal of approval. We've got the trust of uh, the royal family. Now, uh, let's talk about Harry and his chat that he had with... Uh, it was this session. Therapy. What a weird thing to film. What a self-indulgent thing to film. Well, a therapy It's session. bizarre because he said he was doing it for other people. This was his... It, this was an act of service that he was charging for. You know, like active, that's not really the way that this works, Harry. Um, you know, you were really you you were spot on about some your reaction to some of the things he said. Um, 
we'll wait till to go into the ADHD thing till the end because that's kind of how the the t- the chat went at the at the yeah. end. The doctor diagnoses him live on Zoom, which is a completely comforting situation. Um, but uh, when and, and, and it doesn't devalue doesn't devalue those people who suffer from ADHD genuinely at all by having an on the hoof TV diagnosis. I'm surprised Doctor Phil didn't come out with his clipboard and and, and decide to make a special out of it. Uh, anyway, but but do go on. So so you're quite right. It was an act of service on which he charged £19, for which you got a spare copy of... Well, you got a spare copy of Spare. You got a spare copy of Spare, because really the only people that were probably tuning in were journalists and people that are were already fans of Harry that probably already had their copies of Spare. And we know that there's been a second print of Spare that they overprinted so there are boxes and boxes uh, in warehouses full of copies of spare and this was a strategy to try to move more copies into consumers hands he was i'd say uh, relatively um uh, relatively uh what what word am uh, I, I looking for delicate in his responses he was careful in a lot of his responses he specifically did not mention camilla William or Catherine, which I thought was smart. However, he did say he felt a great weight off of his shoulders when he left the royal family. Um, I thought, then give up your titles, bro. Like, (laughs) if the royal family is so bad and it was such a nasty weight on your shoulders, why do you wave that Prince Duke of Sussex flag? Because I'll tell you why. Because it's quite well known, actually, that Nazi uniforms are heavy. Oh, you are horrible. (laughs) I'm sorry, it's a heavy jacket to wear, very, very heavy on the shoulders. And so that was probably what he meant, was that that now he's... Uh, do you know, it's like a reformed smoker. There's <laughs> nothing worse than a reformed racist, is there? Oh it's God. like, it, it really, really is like someone who who doesn't smoke anymore. They just bleat on about the fact how terrible smoking is. Like, most people just aren't racist, so yeah. they don't need to go on about it. Yeah, yeah. But of course, because of his his his... his uh, past of calling um, uh, a young Pakistani man that he worked with the P word. I didn't even actually what if he was Pakistani, but it yeah. was the shortened form of the word Pakistani. And of course, the Nazi uniform, that is his past. But you're quite right. He was more considered in his answers. Mm-hmm. He was, um, but he was still complaining a lot. The more they criticise me, the more I feel the need to share and, oh, that's just going to uh, keep us busy. Like, you know, the, it's a never ending cycle. Does he not realize the lunacy in that statement? The more you talk, the the dumber you sound, the more you reveal that makes people like the Taliban pretty unhappy. I mean, just you know, the, shut up. <laughs> just like the Taliban. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's true. The more it, it, it's interesting because the more you criticize the Taliban, the more they tend to react too. So, I mean, you know, there are a couple of things in common there. Uh, <laughs> we are dealing with 12 year old Harry, said Harry's therapist as well. What was the name of the guy that was doing the interview with him? It was, it was a, a, a doctor, a, a Gabor Mate. Mate, yes. Mate. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and it, it was he who was doing this therapy session with, and it was it was actually, in fairness, it was a conversation about trauma and grief, which um, which we've said before. Way. We've actually said before that that that's a direction Harry could have gone in, but I don't think that we assumed that he would 
monetize it the way he has. And I don't, I feel like if it would have been this, this would have happened right off the bat, we'd be more sympathetic and more eager and willing to listen. But this is on top of complaining about Kate, not sharing her lip gloss. This is on top of complaining about your brother breaking your necklace, you know? So like, this is on, this has happened after too many things that have made us kind of lose faith in Harry. There are so many things. Again, if I was advising Harry and, um, dear God, thank God I'm not. But if I were, and you know, as a journalist, there are so many angles he could have taken to monetize parts of his life, perhaps not making so much money. Yeah. But there are so many things he could have done. For instance, I think a book of spares, i.e. Yeah. mini biographies of all of the... His, um, his ancestors, all, maybe? All of his ancestors that have been spares, perhaps with an ongoing thread of what he felt in common with them, but the positive things they did in their life, about how those spares coped and what he has in common with them. There are some really interesting stories of the spares in his ancestors, including Margaret, and what he had in common with them, how she was unruly, but also how she was, uh, uh, the problems and the issues she had in her life with love the inherent unfairness of the whole institution, because it is an unfair institution, and that's not bitching about your family by talking about that. His um, great-grandfather, so the Queen's father, who, of course, started as a spare, lived his life as a spare, and then was thrust into being the monarch. You know, other spares throughout history would have been a really interesting book that he could have written and it could have been a really interesting documentary series for netflix yes. uh, talking about those that without having to actually trash his family but perhaps just talk about the unfairness of the institution could have we written would that 100 percent have watched that with our popcorn in our laps like gleefully enjoying uh, that absolutely i think it's a really interesting story and some of the parts of his book that i found most compelling when he wasn't just bleating on about it was the relationship with the royals and the press right. and the history of that how that's changed over the years how the press used to be very reverent of the at least to revere the monarchy when the press started criticizing when did the line get crossed again in the context of his mother and 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 and, and whether there is an improvement in that relationship going forward without again coming across as a victim that's really interesting he's uh, a positive book about overcoming grief i think mm -hmm. i mean who better to have written a book about something like that than the son of of Princess diana Mama. writing right. about that so that's, that's three different things he could have done all of which could have been Just made so he should have called us we've had we had all of these ideas uh, two years ago like i mean we've um, talked about this on tv for years and he could have given enough away so that there were a few headlines so that it was publicised, as most of the royals do when they do something, yeah. but not so much that you're saying that my family didn't help me. or Not so much that, that you, you totally sever ties with your brother, Christo. I mean, he hasn't talked to William in months. Yeah. And, 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 but what he has chosen to do, he has made a conscious decision within this to not only be a victim, but to actually trash the family in his truth, knowing that they won't respond, knowing it'll make international headlines and knowing that he can monetize it the most. And personally, I think that, that as well, if again, I was advising him, I would say, look, if you're going to go down this route, then great, but you probably get one shot. Yeah. If you did what I have suggested what you have suggested that's three different projects that could go over a number of years 
I think you'd be quite respected in doing that. And I think in writing a book about grief and coping and the like, um, and about his mental health problems around grief, I think it could have actually helped people. Um, instead, all we hear is him complaining about how terrible it was and how he only managed to go to Botswana three times over the course of a year. Well, I think one of the most damaging elements of that interview this weekend was his comfort in discussing his drug use, his lack of regret in, in drug use. Um, he talks about doing cocaine and marijuana and psychedelics, it, almost in, in, in explaining how he, he tried to heal through some of these things. I mean, a lot of these are illegal substances. Their yeah. fan base is younger. I mean, if you look at yeah. the demographics of the people that have any interest in Harry and Meghan, they are a younger generation. Uh, is this dangerous for him? Is this stupid of him? Why would he talk openly about cocaine use and, um, mm. you know, and psychedelics? These are, in, in some cases, really dangerous positions to put yourself in. No, I'm just thinking, though, oh, my word, you know, I used to feel bad about the amount of coke I used to put up my nose, Kinsey. But now <laughs> I realise I was healing. Oh, my word, I was We're just healing. trying to figure it all out. I just want to figure out my life. I was healing. Oh, oh my, my God, word. I loved when that I... episode of Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> when, I was, when I was taking all those magic mushrooms in Thailand, oh, my word, I was healing myself. Oh, brilliant. Um, I think that he's reframed just basically being a teenager and a young person going out and getting off his head, firstly. Yeah. Um, I think that the fact that he is continuing to do drugs now, I think, has addled him slightly. Um, he says that, that, that his psychedelic use was the cleaning of the windshield and removal of life's filters. Let's not forget, one of those, that one of those times he was using psychedelics, um, Courtney Cox's bin started to talk to him and he also had a conversation with the moon and the moon answered back. So I'm not entirely sure that I would be in a position to give an advice out in that scenario. Um, I think you're right, though. I think that, the, you know, I've, I've, as I've said, I've dabbled in, in the past myself. Um, but I'm always very careful when I point out that I have that it's illegal. Right. And I don't say it in order to glamorise it. I say it in order to perhaps, if I'm reporting on a story about it, to say, look, I've got a bit of experience about this. But you certainly don't glamorise it. And you certainly have to remember that you are in the realms of, as you have alluded to, talking about something that's illegal. I mean, he's talking about it. I mean, what privilege? We talk about privilege. What privilege to be able to talk about it like that and not even have to be responsible about it? Well, privilege is... Privilege is a really good way to describe it because the reality is when you um, submit an application to become a resident of the United States of America, immigration asks you, do you have any past drug use? And people that might have smoked a joint in the 70s are denied citizenship to the United States because they were open and honest on their application to become a U.S. resident. And now we've got Harry over here openly talking about the thrill of psychedelics and, and marijuana, uh, and it makes you wonder what his immigration status is, what that immigration process was like. Was he open and honest on that paperwork? Does it matter because he's Prince Harry, uh, you know, son of King Charles and Princess Diana? Because this is just not something that a normal person would go openly and honestly discuss unless they felt invincible. Anti-drug campaigners are quite annoyed about this as well, because again, it wasn't I think discussing drug use is fine, 
but I think it's got to be within the realms of, you know, look, it, it's not right for everyone and you need to be very careful and, and it's not going to work for everyone. But like I said, he talks about it like it's having a cup of tea. Right. Yeah. He talks about it. You specifically wrote here, Prince Harry, we'd helped him. He talks about it like it was a solution to a problem. And it's not everybody's solution to a problem. And it can actually be quite destructive for certain people. I mean, it can lead to other uh, substance abuse problems. Even if you just like a little bit of marijuana, that can inevitably build up to, you know, worse drugs. So I do think that somebody should pull him aside and say, I, I want to coach you on how you can talk about this in the future, because I don't think that it, it was a good reflection on him and his brand. And it also makes you wonder, like, does Megan really think she's going to run for any sort of political office, having this guy talking about doing shrooms and all this great, you know, all this funky stuff, getting high off of his face. Um, but yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you, you, you got to do what you got to do to cope with living with her. <laughs> so bad so bad while harry was doing this chat he was like diagnosed live in front of all of these strangers on zoom with adhd what's your take yeah um and, and it's interesting because if you have adhd um i've got adhd and i've been also diagnosed quite late and it 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 does mean that you compute the world a little differently to other people and it depends how severe it is and it depends on all those sorts of things um but but it would explain some drug use because um weed and the like sort of quietens your mind a little bit when you've got uh, adhd and so that would sort of explain why he thinks weed helps him i think it's a little bit off that you sort of get this on the hoof diagnosis i mean do the adhd test then if you're going to yeah. do that and actually get a proper diagnosis don't just say oh i think you've got it because obviously it's a bit um insulting especially to those people who can't get diagnosed because it's far far wider uh, and, and how that. much we but, don't know how much communication these two had prior to this interview all we know is that the doctor read the book written by a ghostwriter written yeah. by a ghostwriter I mean, where, um, what, what is, where, how do we have no idea how this doctor came to this conclusion? Is it the five, you know, is it the five minutes you've spent with him today? Weird. Uh, but maybe it's from, because I, I think, and I tweeted about this over the weekend and you've very kindly retweeted it because I think it's a bit of an own goal actually being diagnosed in this way, because um, one of the symptoms of ADD or ADHD, which are both essentially more or less the same thing one's got hyperactivity one is just an attention deficit disorder um is again you have a bit of trouble computing the world but also there is something that a lot of people from with adhd suffer from called rejection sensitive dysphoria and it's basically that you have a disproportionate view of what you perceive to be either rejection or injustices in your life oh wow Um, and it's so then therefore you know if if you you make it all about yourself and if someone doesn't reply to you it becomes like a scab that you've sort of picked it why haven't they replied and and you have to um really sort of talk yourself down from thinking so if you have a normal fight with your brother that everybody has with their brother and your brother's saying you know no i'm i i think that you guys are being rude to our staff or let's say your sister-in-law 
kind of makes a weird face when handing over her germy lip gloss. You might take that. You might be a little sensitive about that. But the way somebody without ADHD would look at that and go, that's not weird. She just does that. She just handed you her lip gloss a little slower or yeah, yeah she made a weird face. Absolutely. It's catastrophizing what are, are generally things that aren't that much of a big deal or rejections or, or, or injustices that, that happen in day-to-day -day life that aren't that bad. And the symptoms are, you know, being very easily embarrassed, uh, getting very angry or emotional when you feel that someone has hurt or rejected you, uh, uh, having low self-esteem, um, having problems with relationships, feeling like a failure because they haven't lived up to other people's expectations. All of those things are disproportionate. Well, we gone so, Oprah so Winfrey, six hours of Netflix... <laughs> They're complaining constantly. So, um, so that diagnosis, although everyone might think, and I haven't seen this aspect of it reported that much, although Harry might be thinking, oh, brilliant, look, there we go. I've got mental health problems. I've got it sorted. What it's actually saying to the world potentially is this is an entire book that he's written spare of minor issues that he's turned into a novel which are, are are all full of rejection, sensitivity, dysmorphias. Wow. So it's an own goal, if you ask me. It's an own goal. I think that's brilliant. And you're actually the only person I've seen say that. I actually watched you tell my friend Matt Belinsky that on your program. And I thought, so my friends are so smart. Um, yeah, Matt Belinsky, oh. Let's just let's just think about him for a moment. A moment of silence for that handsome face. <laughs> okay, that's it. That, 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 I'm done thinking about Matt Belinsky. Oh, he's yeah. a lovely man. You made me replace on my show. Sorry. I told Tom that. I said I was worried. He was like, "Don't worry. A handsome face won't replace you." Um, so <laughs> I won't be so sure. All right. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. Uh, so uh, you know, um, we've been talking about coronation bleat. That's become our new beat. Um, yes. I have a little different version of that. Will or won't they? The Joe Biden version. According to page six, um, mm. White House sources are saying that President Joe Biden will not be attending the coronation. This is not an official statement. This is not an official word. His May calendar hasn't been released yet. Uh, but what's interesting is the backstory. Perhaps the Biden family think ill of the English. His mother told him once, um, because they're very proud Irish Americans. Yes. His mother told him once when he was going to meet Queen Elizabeth, she said, do not, don't you dare bow. Additionally, his mother, and he writes about this in his book, his mother refused to sleep in a bed that Queen Elizabeth had slept in previously. So apparently the Biden family, like they just don't think very highly of the royal family. Um, I also you know, suspect perhaps it could be old age, why he wouldn't attend or because he had such crappy seats for the Queen's funeral and doesn't want to go back and revisit that humiliation. So now we have the will they won't they Harry watch and the will they won't they Biden watch. Um, and the I mean, will that, they won't they... Would that be a massive... I mean, that, the, the Bidens have to go to the coronation. Surely that would be a massive snub. Well, the American didn't. president, when, and I should know this as an American, but I can't remember his name. Was it Eisenhower? The American president during Queen Elizabeth's coronation did not attend, but it was not a snub. Um, they met, 
shortly after that. And I believe she brought him scones. But the last American during the last coronation, the American president didn't attend either. Uh, I do think it would look it would look look like a snub. I think it would look like a slight. I would. Do you know what I would do? I'd invite the Obamas. (gasps) They would so go because they love the royal family. The Trumps would go. Oh, Donald would be there in a second. Donald's probably there now. He's waiting for his invitation. He's just refreshing his email. (laughs) The royal family. He'd be there now. He'd be there telling everyone he organized it. This was the best coronation that has ever happened. This is the best coronation (laughs) ever. Uh, Well, we do know that I've, I've made the reference to refreshing his email because we do know that Harry and Meghan have officially been invited. Um, they did say through their press person, who has been very active lately, by the way, we go like three months without hearing from Harry and Meghan, and now we can't go three days, um, that they did receive an invitation from the king. Uh, they refuse, however, to say whether they will attend the event. But again, I think this could be security concerns. I mean, the guy is currently suing your government for police protection. So are they really going to lay all their plans out there? Um, of course, because, you know, no one wants the Taliban turning up, do they? <laughs> but of course, they're not the, the, the Bidens. They're not the only one that may snub the coronation. Harry and Meghan, not the only ones that may snub the coronation. We now have um, Adele, Harry Styles, a, an offer for the Spice Girls to reform, Robbie Williams, Elton John, all having turned down the coronation. But but we do not know if that's true because Ed Sheeran came out and said those headlines were not right, that he did not turn down the coronation. And Jewel, dreams last for so long, just came out and said that she heard that she turned down the coronation, but she was not invited to play the coronation and she would gladly do it. And it's the funniest fake news she's ever heard. So are these people really turning down the coronation or are these just nasty, nasty headlines that I don't know are coming out of nowhere? Do I believe (laughs) that Harry Styles and Adele are probably already booked? Yep. But and so is Elton. Elton will be booked. He'll be doing a concert in a park somewhere, or 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 a stadium, or something like that. Sat behind his piano. I mean, Adele would be a good choice, but she would bring the mood down. I mean, she does just bleat. Talking of Harry and Meghan complaining, I mean, my God, all Adele does is sing the most depressing love songs. I'm I not mean, a huge Adele, Adele fan. is super busy in the United States chasing Peen, so I don't think she's going to play the coronation because she's got a new boyfriend over here. Well, fiance, I'm hearing over here. Um, I would love to see Harry Styles or maybe in maybe One Direction reunite, but Harry Styles is bigger than Elton John at this point. Elton John was friends with Princess Diana. There's no way he was ever going to play the coronation. Oh, I suppose. Well, who's friends with Camilla? Is Camilla friends with any pop stars? Camilla is friends with a lot of actors, but I don't think she's friends with pop stars. If I could just get like a hologram. I mean, Judy George Dench. Michael. She's friends with. She's friends with Judy Dench. Maybe Judy Dench could do a monologue. Oh, what a thrill! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's got to be something. There's got to be what someone. What about Robbie Williams? Like, he's a really sexy person over there, still, right? Yeah, but he's he's turned it down apparently. The Spice Girls. I mean, how could the Spice Girls not reform for the coronation? I mean, even Victoria. I mean, I thought she would do it, but. Why did she didn't do the last concert? No, she didn't. And, you know, they tried to tell us that the Spice Girls were playing Jubilee, too. Don't forget. I think that they just love to bring up the Spice Girls. But I don't know if there's ever any legitimacy to it. 
So, I mean, the, 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 who else is that? The Supremes? Well, they're not English. Are there any other big... The Beatles, they're all dead. Don't make me well, bring up a Bewitched again. We got Bewitched. We got five. We got Billy Piper. I've given you three solid Billy answers Piper. right there. We're going <laughs> to bring out Billy Piper, honestly. <laughs> is that it? I mean, what else next? Uh, like, Are we going to use a hologram of Amy Winehouse? Oh. You know? Maybe that could be it. I mean, that's really our only solution at this point. You know, it is interesting. Uh, okay, so if you think about the logistics, let's be honest, because I'm I mean, I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to take up for Charles. But if you're thinking about the logistics, how many really good entertainers don't know where they're going to be six months from whenever? I mean, the 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 coronation was planned pretty quickly after the death of Queen Elizabeth. Harry mm. Styles, uh, you know, Ed Sheeran on that day is supposed to be in Texas, in the great state of Texas in America. These people likely are already booked. So I, I don't I, I don't think that any of this is a slight. I think it's an, an unfortunate, you know, conflict. Can't someone, I would change my plan. If they want me to do something, I'd change my plans. I'd sing and change yeah. my plan. Yeah. I've not been asked, but <laughs> I, I I'm would. wondering if Taylor Swift might surprise them and show up because Taylor is close to Prince William and she has throughout the Harry and Meghan dra drama kind of leaned in, leaned over to the Wales side a bit. In all yeah, but the, 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 the problem you've got there, though, is that she's not British. You need but a big she's British. She's a huge star. It's, it's, it's um, the world coming together to celebrate your monarch. I think that that's still, that is, that is still impressive. Okay, well, on... on on the 14th of November, 1948, it was, hang on, uh, oh, hang on, I don't know, I'm looking, I'm trying to look up who was number one on, oh my god, the, that person uh, won't be alive right now. Well, then we could just have someone do a cover of it. I mean, that would be a nice, that nice touch, wouldn't it? I asked Johnny Rotten to do my podcast. If he responds, I'll say, by the way, I think you should throw your hat in to uh, perform at King Charles's coronation. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've only got 1953 here. Vera Lynn, she was on, on, on uh, the November the 6th, 1954. I don't know. Was the chart even invented in 1948? Wait, Billy, Billy Idol could play it. Morning, morning. Can you just see Camilla? Like, yeah. Everyone's dead. <laughs> Everyone's dead. I mean, you know, David Bowie, he's dead. Um, Elton John, well, you know, he's, he's, he's alive, but barely. He's um, on Team Sussex for sure. Oh, yeah, of course, because he loves Harry as well. Yes, you're quite right. He was friends with Diana. Um Okay, well, what happened on Prince Charles's birthday? Maybe we get some inspiration by on this day. So it was a Sunday that he was born. It was the um, um, he, he's he's the Chinese sign that he is is the rat. His star sign is Scorpio. Well, that totally does explain the ears. <laughs> it does explain the ears. And on the on this day, because I've gone onto an on this day for November the 14th, 1948, and, and absolutely nothing happened. <laughs> this well, is blank. Well, let's, um, because I have to jump off in 10 minutes, so let's 
can we go through the um, Fergie stories really quick? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do the Fergie story rather than trying to arrange the coronation because yeah, it's beyond we, our capacity. You and I are going to are going to save the single handedly save the coronation entertainment, even if we have to dress up like the Spice Girls. <laughs> we'll do it. Yeah. OK, so let's talk about Fergie. So Fergie's so been what, in town. Fergie Fergie's story? been in my town. She's she's promoting yeah. her new book. She just did the Kelly Clark Clarkson show last week. She's been talking to People magazine. Some really bizarre headlines coming out of it. The first one that sent me like sent my eyes rolling into the back of my head was Fergie saying that she felt like the queen was haunting the corgis that she inherited from the queen after she died because they bark at nothing. That just feels like such a tacky PR strategy like yeah, the ghost of the queen is with me please buy my book i mean but it does remind me of old school fergie which i love like 80s 90s fergie yeah that 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 is quite cheap isn't it the, the dogs <laughs> are barking at the queen so she's haunting uh them and because of course well is it her or is it is it andrew that got the, the, the corgis well i mean like you and I've talked about before, friends with benefits, they're living together. And and, and actually Fergie posts pictures with the dogs on her Instagram. It's all very, um, it's on, it's honestly kind of classless. It makes me feel like it's disrespectful to King Charles as he's trying to figure out the rain. His, well, his I, I, just, I just hope Andrew is looking after them very, very nicely and using his experience of grooming. Oh my God. Dogs, yeah, uh -huh. that's why I should just end the podcast right there. Gr okay. Another dogs. crazy okay. headline coming out of America with Fergie is she told People magazine that she didn't really know Meghan Markle. She hadn't met her. Um, but I well, thought that she was the one that taught Meghan how to curtsy. That she attended Harry and Meghan's wedding. They both attended the Queen's funeral. It's a bold face lie. That's a porky pie. No, but you could still not really know her. I mean, you can be at the same event with someone and not really know them. But you Eugenie would think is the their best friend. Eugenie is their best friend. Do you really think that? I think she's lying because she's trying to. Uh, she knows she can't say I. I will not talk to about Harry and Meghan because it will make her look bad and it will make people less likely to talk to her. But she doesn't want to give away any information about them. I think she's just blatantly lying because she needs the publicity, but she doesn't want to give anything away what? about them because she does know them. I haven't really met her, she says. But however, uh, could it be potentially that the, the Meghan and Harry are telling Forky Pies? Because they've got form. And remember, we heard that Meghan, Meghan didn't know who the royal family was, had never heard of the Queen, didn't know how Googled to curtsy. I never my boyfriend, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely no idea what royalty was. She didn't even know that a place called England existed, remember? Uh, that was what we were told about Meghan. So could it be that actually... Fergie's telling the truth, and she hasn't actually really met Meghan and Harry, and that that Curtsy story is all, all a load of bunkum. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's a really good. Is that that's another alternative that we could look at? But some wild headlines coming out of California, and it makes you wonder if King Charles wishes she would come home and shut her mouth because we've just we are two months away, less than two months away from the coronation. He just wants all of these things to go smoothly so that you know he can and can start his his reign and 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 create you know start to really develop what he wants to be remembered for. So presumably Sarah Ferguson might be living in Frogmore Cottage then. Yes. Yeah. But, but also remember the girls purchased her that, 
you and I just talked about this on your show and I'm forgetting the neighborhood. The girls purchased her a townhome in one of the priciest parts of London. And when you and Kensington, I talked to Chelsea, Knightsbridge, Mayfair, maybe uh, Mayfair, Belgravia. But what's interesting about that situation is that the girls, if Fergie tries to sell the property, there has to be a written agreement from both Beatrice and Eugenie before she can sell the property. So it's definitely like... Oh, well, they're not stupid. Because remember, that when they when they tried to sell the dodgy ski chalet, that Andrew tried, tried to sell it, but he still hasn't paid the person he bought it off. Oh, so you, they... Eugenie and Beatrice have been quite smart there, which isn't a sentence you hear very often, granted, but they were being quite smart in probably keeping the property rights in their own name so that their parents can't can't peel Mayfair. the money up the wall. Five Mayfair. million dollar Mayfair home after pleading poverty. Where did Beatrice and Eugenie get that money? I mean, they both married well, didn't they? Oh, I suppose so, yeah. I suppose you know, yeah, because the old, old, old Moxie. What does Moxie do? He's property, and then there's the other one. He he sells tequila, doesn't he? I don't. I honestly don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think, that's, I think that's where they get their money from. So, so there we go. Well, I don't know who's lying there. I don't know whether it's Fergie. I don't know whether it's Meghan Markle. But I think she's very wise to mm. just basically try and avoid discussing Meghan because otherwise everyone's going to ask her about the curtsying story, right. and she doesn't want to talk about it. She don't want right. to talk about it. She's got Budgie the helicopter to promote. Why would she talk about it? Exactly, exactly. Is um, this a I, sequel to Budgie? Um, no, it's a romantic novel that's like loosely based on her life. It's a it's a royal romance novel. Is it? Gosh, I'm not sure that I would read a romance novel based on her life. I would well, think that probably involves some toes. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, won't be dipping my toe into that one. Um, <laughs> God, so good. Okay, well, we have to wrap, but this yes. was so much fun. Um, you can listen to the Majesty, Majesty. You can listen to the Majesty podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can watch us on Spotify. Oh, email us as well. Absolutely. Okay, thank you so much, Christo, and thank you so much for listening to us, everybody. Thank you.